Welcome to the Bedpost Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Erin Pym. For the Bedpost Podcast, what I usually like to do is bring uh, super sexy guests into my bedroom to have an in-depth conversation about sex and sexuality. And today I have a super special guest um, from a new podcast that I just started listening to. But before I get to that, I've got a little bit of housekeeping. I just want to let you guys know it's been going on with me lately because it's been a lot. I, um, I've spoken in the past. Um, I have a full episode dedicated to a Bartholin cyst that I had. Um, well, about a year later, uh, you know, which is now-ish, I had more issues with my Bartholins. So I had to have that cyst taken care of. So my um, vagina is currently out of commission. Um, for like a six week period. So if I'm bitchy. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I'm a bit of an asshole. You know, you'll know why. Um, and also another health update. What you can hear now is that I can actually speak. Um, and the last two episodes, I was super hoarse. So I just had a crazy cold. And honestly, I had lost my voice for Nay. two full fucking weeks so it's back (laughs) finally um and then uh another fun thing is that i'm off this month of the bedpost stage show so i'm like living the 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 easy breezy life right now not having to organize stage shows for december but we will be back in december uh or pardon me back in january starting a monthly show i've decided to drop my second venue just because um, it ended up being more work than what I got back from it and what my business got back from it. So I'm putting my time and energy into other things that will grow and develop my business. Another fucking thing, my Instagram got deleted. Mm. And all this bullshit, I think uh, somebody just posted um, that they're shutting down explicit content on Tumblr blogs starting on December 17th. Which is fucking crazy, because Tumblr blogs, Tumblr blogs are like the place that a lot of us first started watching porn, and uh, it's so sad and it's so bad. Anyways, but we'll get onto it um, now. I'm gonna introduce my super fabulous, mm. sexy. <laughs> oh, oh, my. oh, girl. Does it get hot in this bedroom? Because I have. Patrick from new podcast, Intellectual Erection. Intellectual Erection. <laughs> I love your, your intro to your podcast. It's so like... Oh, yeah. It's peppy. It's, <laughs> it's trippy. It's, right? I feel like I'm on something. I'm transported. I actually have to credit my sound editor for that, which actually, he's not my sound editor, as in I pay this person to do work for me. <laughs> it's called... 
hey, you're my, yeah, you're my buddy, you're on an episode, and you do sound editing. So <laughs> he, put, he put together, we got some free freeware stuff. Yeah. So the, the song is actually freeware, and the moans are freeware. They're not moans of our friends, because oh. we could do better. <laughs> and then everybody else is just uh, their voices. It's, it's a bunch of the guests uh, saying the, the little blurb yeah you're listening to intellectual erection a place where we talk about the naughty to stimulate your thinking and uh i get them to say it in whatever other language they know how to say it in love it so it was all chopped together nicely and i can't do that level of editing as you could tell by the rest of the podcast (laughs) oh my god well i mean a podcaster's nightmare is when people go back and listen to the early episodes i just heard that in the car yeah so you were uh... saying You were, I was listening to your, on the way here, I was listening to one of your episodes and you were saying that and I'm like, shit, I'm still in the early stages. This is what I'm going to be embarrassed about later. Great. Thanks. Thanks, Eric. It is true, awesome. though. It totally is true. Even now I have the odd episode where just, like, if I, like, unfortunately, um, I went to, well, this is not the unfortunate part. I went to Andrew Gerza's house to record uh, Andrew Gerza and a guest, Dick Wound, um, and so we're in his house, so it wasn't my usual setup, and the audio is, you know, not as great as right. it usually is. Um, so even, like, episodes like that, I'm like, oh, fuck, just audio, you know? Right, it's when you can't control the environment. I gotta tell my guests the same thing. They're like, oh, can you come over and record at my place? I'm like, I've done that at two different places. It and yeah, the acoustics aren't always great. You hear an echo. One time I was uh, with somebody, that, the first episode, you can hear the, the, the TTC. Like, if you hear the rumbling of the train throughout the thing. <laughs> Another one, I made the stupid mistake of eating nuts throughout the interview. <laughs> so you just, you just hear me chewing on nuts. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah I offer all my uh, podcast guests chips <laughs> yeah just a bowl of chips in the just middle no of the more table. just get them to eat really like slimy slurpy things you get the, sucking on i don't know what, what's hard to suck on that slimy <laughs> i mean i can name a couple things um what's funny um a a podcast uh guest that i had on um a while ago Wait, yes, yes, I had her on forever ago, okay, and she wants to be on again, because um, mm-hmm. she was with the partner at the time, so her, her topics were a little bit limited in what she could mm-hmm. s- felt free speaking about, but anyways, um, Laura Silvets just put out a really funny Instagram post, was, um, you know, the, I think it's called ASMR, where you're like, whisper, and, and it's... Um, to like relax people and people mm-hmm. kind of trance out to it and it's like eating different things yeah, and like crunching pickles crunching pickles and, and mm. eating and she does this thing where she's like <laughs> eating a, a really moist muffin but she just people keeps, love like, that word <laughs> moist <laughs> and, and, and she keeps like dropping the plate oh my <laughs> and God. stuff so it's just like bang 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 oh i'm sorry <laughs> the muffin is so moist. Like, did, bang, I, bang, bang. did I break your concentration? Oh, sorry. sorry, guys. Sorry. Oh, um, she's a very funny comedian. Um, so, Patrick, hi. Hi. Hello. <laughs> Good morning. Hello. Um, I'm so happy to have you here. Why, thank um, you. We met at Oasis. We did. Yeah. We're both uh, frequenters there. Frequenters? But we just, our paths never cross. When do you usually go to Oasis? Wednesdays. I never go on Wednesdays. That's, that's when I play basketball. Oh my god! What's going on at o- Oasis on a Wednesday? I think it's it's probably one of the nicest nights just because you get yeah. Why do you uh, go on a Wednesday? You get an eclectic mix of folks. Uh, it's I think it's a uh, an unstated sort of kinky night. 
in in ways. It's not like the the fetish night or like the uh, after dark, which was last yeah. night. Yep. Which I was there for. I was invited. Yeah, our our kind of poly group was on the on our WhatsApp group chat, being mm-hmm. like, "Who's at after dark?" And I was like, "Nobody." Not me. Yeah, nobody. <laughs> I was right. like, "I got shit to do." Uh, I I actually my my husband was at his girlfriend's place, so I was like, "Okay, I have a bunch of projects," which is the thing I do when I'm in the condo by myself. Uh, right. I make work for myself and whatever. So like, oh, I got so much work done last night. So. I could have been at After Dark. What was happening at After Dark last um, night? It was quite busy. A lot of people. Mm-hmm. Full. And the same old stuff. So Everybody much. wearing cool fetish gear. What'd you wear? Uh, I wore a leather kilt. Yes. Uh, I had a riding crop and a chest harness. A very simple black... Bulldog style? Uh, like just a... over the shoulder. One shoulder strap. Yeah. A one around. shoulder yeah, strap. Yeah, one oh, shoulder strap. Asymmetrical yeah, Asymmetrical is what I like. Nice. So I had that going on, and then a pair of jocks underneath. I know you're not supposed to wear anything with a kilt. Don't, don't, don't hate me. But the jocks were new and nice, and I wanted to wear them. So hey. I'm gonna do what I want. Do your thing, right? Yeah, we sell um, a really cute little leather kilt at Seduction. That's just like the front panel, like just the front panel. <laughs> just the front panel. The that's front all you panel. get. That's all you need. That's all you need. Just a little front. Are panel. you at Seduction? I am, um, but I am finishing my. That's another new thing that's happening with me. I'm finishing working there. I will be done by the time this airs. Oh. After being there for like two and a half years. So I can't really uh, hit on my get, hit, yeah, hit in up. the next couple days. Yes. <laughs> mm. Beyond that, uh, no. I do have a nice pair of undies from Seduction with kissy marks all over them, uh, and the bum is out, and ooh. they're great. I gotta tell you, this is a this is a lie. I came here and there are no bedposts <laughs> <laughs> on this podcast. I'm just I'm I'm in your bedroom. I know. I'm looking and there's no bedposts. It's no, but it is a big bed. It this is, is a like big bed. multiple person bed. Yeah. Um, for sure. But yeah, we generally don't practice kink. Like my partner isn't super kinky, mm-hmm. so I generally don't practice kink in this room right is that a something is that a something is, is that, that a something is that a something <laughs> it might that be something. you do in your in your private spaces practicing I... kink like your own bedroom your own bed yes yeah yeah definitely so you got a bed post or two uh i have yeah i have like a i have a headboard a headboard yeah a headboard because yeah. yeah. my my bed's like solid mahogany wood it's it's really like it's really stable so you can go you can go as the as the kids say ham you can go ham (laughs) you can go sausage you could go you know whatever (laughs) but the thing won't uh won't budge so it's pretty good and the uh the head headboards are are really nice for tying up yeah, so Limbs. it's sturdy enough mm-hmm. to actually use Absolutely. as like yeah. some play furniture. Yeah, like yeah. my, my couch on the other hand is broken and it moves, and my super lives below me, and there's noise complaints. Uh, landlord and tenant board, I have a hearing. Let's not talk about that. Oh God, yeah. yeah. I've we've lived in a space where the next door neighbor was insane banging on our wall. Mm-hmm. Like we couldn't talk in full voice in our bedroom past nine p.m. without that person banging on our bedroom wall. Hmm. It Awful. was insane. Yeah. So you can imagine playing in that room and having wow. threesomes in that room. At one point we just threw it out. 
Like, we're like, we just don't bang away. Yeah, bang, baby. We're going to bang right back. Yeah, because, and then, and then, like, the person stopped, and we're like, did we kill her? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, suddenly that person just stopped. They had a heart attack. Like, what happened to her? Mm. <laughs> like, right. We didn't contribute to a stroke or well, something. You know? Her wearing out that wall, that, that like, worn out mm. space on her wall. But maybe that's, bang. maybe that's what she was banging for. She wanted more. <laughs> She's, like, louder, more. Maybe, I can barely hear you moan. It's hard to come when you're so fucking quiet. Please, turn it up. And as soon as you did, she was like, great, thank you. (laughs) Finally, some relief. Uh, So, okay, so you are an Mm. Oasis goer. Obviously, we met there. We met there on a great night. um, Yeah, what what was that On their swordplay Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, they had a great burlesque show, boylesque show. Mm-hmm. And, that was um, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, you got on the pole. I did get on the pole. <laughs> that's, that's one of my recent things, apparently. Um, Impressive. So I used to, okay, when I was, a, when I was, I was very active as a kid, so I always, um, not always, okay, I used to break dance. Yeah. And did a lot of the upper body strength, power move stuff. All right, all right. Um, I did some martial arts and like handstands and all that stuff so i i always uh kind of had that from from about my teen that, like, years muscle memory yeah yeah i could still do a few breakdance moves we probably don't want to see it it's kind of it's kind of sloppy now but uh it seems to work on the pole yeah, yeah. It you just yeah you, you transfer all those skills onto the pole and it's fun for any uh anybody out there that's interested in in pole dancing pole work you know what uh if you're a guy and you're shy, don't be. It's fun and it looks good. Yeah. And this is how you meet people. This is yes. this is how we met. So, yeah, and pretty right? much. I'm like, hey, pole, yeah. eh? Like, yeah. who are you? Can you work a pole? Can Great. you work a pole? Can't we all? Um, so that's yeah. yeah that's... And then and then you told me you do your podcast, right. which uh, tell the people a bit about maybe what was the impetus behind starting your podcast. Okay, so first and foremost. Let me give you a little story that maybe not everybody knows. Yeah. Um, intellectual erection. Where does the name come from? Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> uh, it's actually a quote from Salvador Dali, awesome. one of my favorite artists. Eccentric, weirdo. Mm-hmm. He was fun. I would like to have him at a kinky party, I think. Play with his mustache oh. a little bit. So, He's into waxing. Yeah. He's, into, yeah. He's just... So He's into he, boot blacking. Into what? Boot blacking or something. Boot blacking. What is that? Oh my god. Do I not know this? Oh god, a boot fetish where people polish and worship your boots. Oh, your okay, boots. so it's quite You're literal. Familiar, sure. It's literal. It's boot black. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he said, "There's this quote where he said, i 'I'm in a perpetual state of intellectual erection,' yeah. and I'm like, that's so dally. That's so appropriate. I have his work on my arm over here. Oh, one yes. of the dally elephants. Beautiful. I know. It's." Uh, Oh, what it's, a great place for that elephant, too. Right? We're talking about that elephant with, like, the elongated leg. Yeah. So it's up on your inner forearm there. Oh, that's gorgeous. Yeah. And the artist is Lou Paraselli at DreamWorks, Inc., to give a little plug. She's booked for about two two years in advance. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I have my next appointment February and March. <laughs> you've, waited, so, you've waited for yeah. two years. Yeah. So she did my entire arm, and she does fantastic trash polka, minimalist, uh, everything. She does really great work. So check her out if uh, if shout you want. Out. Yeah, shout out. Why not? Yeah. Love her. Yeah. Where was I at? Uh, intellectual erection. How did I get started? Okay, it started off as an academic project. So 
I'm uh, I'm doing my PhD in psychology, and I met somebody at a conference in Tokyo who was doing work on consent and enthusiastic consent and the difference and how non-enthusiastic consent uh, needs to be re-theorized or um, unpacked a little bit more because it can border for people onto those triggering experiences and can actually be traumatic for people who do give consent but it's not enthusiastic and then they end up feeling empty and hurt and or it's pressured in some yeah, way consent, yeah yeah and know, to the be yes is pressured yeah. in some way even by their own pressures of their past their exactly their partner yeah many and I've I've been there myself I've I've consented when I didn't really want to mm-hmm. and the feeling is not really good the next day you feel kind of empty mm-hmm. and you feel weird you feel down maybe a little bit depressed mm-hmm. and for people that have uh, mental health issues uh, addiction issues and things like that it can be compounding with interest and one experience like that can set somebody off right so yeah or as you said like trigger um be triggering for you if you Mm -hmm. have you know what considering um uh, what your past is you know right with trauma exactly and a lot of people are just polite they don't want to say no they don't know how to say no yeah it's like social pressures it is Um, it is not only it doesn't necessarily have to be coming from your partner but it's just societal pressures yeah to like go along with it and not hurt somebody's feelings and and I actually heard a recent uh, episode on, I think, was it Radiolab, where they did the uh, um, the No series. They did a series on consent that was just about this. Uh, as a woman talking about her uh, negotiated, non-enthusiastic consent. Mm-hmm. And she actually confronts the guy live on the... Well, not live, but she confronts him on her podcast, and it's aired. And the mm-hmm. dude is just dismissive and... <sighs> He's like, oh, it's just, it's hyperbolic. You're exaggerating. Did it really do that much damage? So he's just being a piece of shit. And yeah, it's it's cringy and awful to hear, but it's important. Oh my God, you're reminding me that, oh my God, I had this, I like sometimes have trouble falling asleep. Mm. (laughs) And you're reminding me of an idea I had last night in bed while I was trying to sleep. And I'm like, um, can there please be a reality show, like a standard format of a reality show where, um, we get say 10, um, total fucking fuckboys, douchebags, uh, <laughs> nice. and we <clears throat> fear factor <laughs> yeah, and we just fucking beat them. Um, but that's part of it. No, that's honestly yeah. part of it. Um, but they go through, you know, talking to, uh, you know, say sex educators uh, working, you know, in tandem with uh, therapists, with um, with uh, people of color, with queer people, mm-hmm. with women, with oh, okay. um, nice. with people who identify as fat, um, kinky people, all 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 these people. Um, and like, uh, you know, they get in a session with the dom. They um, and the idea is to. It's like an, it's, oh my God, it's so funny that I was thinking of this before bed. It's like, yeah, it's like uh, trying to, you know, trying to make some headway on their ethics, essentially, of like confronting all their, you know, their slut shaming, their, like on and on and on, you know what I mean? Um, (laughs) Through like a, you know, like a six week intensive, Intensive, ethical boot camp. That was the word. Ethical boot camp. Yeah. There we go. So we get like, yeah, 10 just total fucking pricks um, and try to make some headway, you know, via reality TV show. 
bro, when I first came here, I was like, what the fuck is up with these bitches, bro? But then they taught me that I'm not supposed to say shit like that, bro. So now I learn like some kind of respect. And let me tell you, I'm really into fisting, bro. (laughs) Not like, hey, fist bumps now. Now it's like fist all the way to the elbow, bro. There you go. There you go. Oh my God. That's so funny that you just uh, reminded me of that. That's a good idea. <laughs> Nobody steal that. This Nobody is, steal that. Yeah, now is, that I've said it publicly. Um... You copyright that shit right now. <laughs> yeah. So sorry, you, so you're doing a thesis <laughs> on all this? No. I, I just, wish. I, just I wish. De- I just derail all your The thing is, I, no, my, my, my work is on existentialism. Mm-hmm. And it's, that's the problem is I, I think I got into my uh, kinky sluthood a little late, at least openly and excitedly Mm -hmm. so after this conference in japan where i encountered this person speaking about consent Mm -hmm. and about enthusiastic consent i get this idea and i've had some training in uh, interviewing for academic purposes Mm -hmm. so i thought i want to do an oral history i want to do an ethnography i want to talk to people case studies and and listen to their stories and i had this idea about consent that I had witnessed at places like Oasis and throughout, I really wanted to theorize and understand nonverbal consent. Yeah. Because all consent right now is about being very enthusiastic, very forward, very verbal. But nonverbal consent happens. Yeah, let's, yeah. And nobody's talking about it, yeah. and we're really good at understanding facial expressions since like a baby can understand facial expressions right and we have seven basic facial expressions and and they're universal and cross-cultural we all know disgust we all know fear we all know discomfort and these sorts of things not that discomfort's one of them but we can realize it we can feel it yeah yeah so i think it's it's a little bit uh irresponsible to not theorize nonverbal consent when you have a partner that's in distress and they can't verbalize it, or they won't verbalize it, uh, checking in, uh, aside from it being periodic, it could be something like, I'm noticing that you're wincing a lot, right? And I'm you look stressed. your body language is yeah. closing off from me. Exactly. I know. Yeah, so there's there's ways that I think we should be talking about nonverbal consent, so I wanted to actually just interview people in the communities uh, about their experiences with it and get them to theorize it and I would do a discourse analysis on all the things that they said, pick out keywords that everyone's talking about, uh, talk about the the fears and the worries about talking about nonverbal consent and about how we can talk about it. Mm-hmm. So that was the idea. That's amazing. Yeah, that that is such <clears throat> such a great, important, um, and interesting subject to talk about nonverbal consent consent yeah. yes and i feel like that even um they touch on it in one of like the oasis um they have like a video jason is um he is like him and ace or no him and cc are doing a video and it's like ways you can it's kind of like sex club etiquette a uh, sex club etiquette kind of yeah, video yeah. Yeah. and it's like ways you can tell if this person is into you via right. just body language and it's like are they reaching the out? right approach it's called there's thank you there thank you, you. yes mm-hmm. so like all those things like is there is there um are they facing kind of away from you right are, you know is their body language open towards you are they reaching out to touch you are they making eye contact with you you know are they 
are they engaged with you? Like all these little things right. that that we all know and that we all need to um, pick up on. Like Absolutely. we need to act on, I guess, is what I'm saying. Like, yeah. so if you're noticing that a person, say if you're coming up to, you know, talk to any stranger or even a person you do know, just like at a bar or whatever, like, you know, you know, you when do somebody know. doesn't want you talking to them, you do yeah. know. So tune into that and be like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be talking to this person. Nice right. chatting with you. Have a good night and fucking end it there. Yeah. We know. We're t- we know. We saying, see the facial expressions, yeah, we're eye contact. We're from a young age yeah. how to be empathetic. Right. How to pick on, up on people's, how other people are feeling. And Absolutely. This kind of reminds me of like, I feel like there was a study done, as you're saying, with like babies. Um, oh, there's many. Yeah. In psychology, right? there's many. Yeah. Absolutely. Babies are, are, that's one of the first things that they're kind of uh, have imprinted in them is the ability to recognize faces so that's how they know mom dad and everybody else that's familiar and around or caregiver whoever it is right it's not through words it's through visual cues yeah so they'll recognize they'll recognize you and even animals do this it's not just humans animals will um will recognize each other and ducklings will follow the first thing that moves right so that's how they have that follow pattern Uh, but in humans, it's a little bit more express, right? It's uh, it's facial features, facial recognition, and uh, babies can even recognize your face upside down and things like that, right? So interesting. Yeah, it's it's very strong. It's very strong in us, the force. So that's what it is, and that's and has has um. So that was your original idea for that was my idea the podcast. So how, where has it kind of developed? So, and well, it wasn't a podcast idea. That's the thing. It okay. was an idea for an actual study. Okay. That um, I then pitched to my department. I went all the way to Ryerson to talk to the person oh. at uh, that I saw in in um, Tokyo because they're at Ryerson and. Um, talked to the head of their department, then came back to, to my university, talked to the head of mine uh, in, in our programs, our respective programs. And there was some, uh, there was a little bit of skepticism from the, uh, from the uh, sex and sexuality department at Ryerson because of my lack of experience with this kind of stuff, right? It's, that's not my training. I'm not, I'm not trained in uh, sexuality and gender studies. And I got the same feedback from uh, my university, they're like, yeah, you don't have this experience. And it's, you're talking about consent during the Me Too movement. And, you know, if you don't have that experience, there's a lot of like landmines that you can't even foresee, which is fair. That's true. It's absolutely fair. So I thought, you know what, it's true. And I probably shouldn't get involved in this way because it would take a lot more work than I had time to do. It would take about at least two years of studying before I could get anything done. So, uh, Later, as I kind of got invested more and more in the kink and BDSM and sex positivity, as I like to say, communities, I realized that I still wanted to do this, but... In, in a, some way. In, in a more social, relaxed, less academic way. So I figured the podcast would be a good idea because uh, as the host, I could be learning along the way and the information would be coming from my guests and it would be about their experiences. Mm-hmm. And we wouldn't directly be talking about... Um, you know, hopefully things that we don't know, that I don't know too much about. And if I do, then, you know, my guests can correct me or we can have that conversation. Um, and hopefully it's been okay so far. 
great. We will be talking about consent in the next series of of the podcast because right now it's just been interviews. It's been like yeah, meet this person, meet yeah, this person. Not yeah, not topic based. Yeah. So next it's going to get topic yeah. based because people are going to get tired of just hearing, uh, you know, people's stories. People's stories. Well, maybe they not, don't. But they may, don't. Maybe not. Yeah. yeah. But it's so, nice to have a couple yeah. different formats. Yeah. The odd time, mostly same with me. I'll do like an interview uh, with a person. We'll just you yeah. know vibe on on their experience and, and what have you. But um, yeah, it's nice once in a while to pepper in a topic based episode yeah. for sure. So I think the the next series is going to be talking about consent and nonverbal consent, and it alleviates me the responsibility of having to be the person who draws the formal conclusions about these things, which would be my responsibility as an author of a paper. I would have to interpret, I would have to conclude um, at least in some way, and then whatever those conclusions are would be my responsibility to defend, argue, or face backlash from whatever community about if I made mistakes. Whereas here, uh, I could be a host and facilitate People's conversation. Stories. Yeah, and just give them a platform to speak about their experiences. And we don't have to draw conclusions. We don't have to say, here's what nonverbal con- consent should be, but it can be, it's here's, here's what it's discussion. been. Yeah, here's what it's been, here's what it can be. Here's what we'd like it to be. Yeah. Here's yeah. my personal experience with it. And with this, I think it reaches the right audiences yeah. versus me writing an academic paper that is going to. St- stick to the ivory tower and reach very few people. The, the trickle-down effect is not so good, right? From academies to the people that it's actually affecting on the ground level. People who are, you know... Yeah, this way you can actually speak directly to people in the community yeah. And, yeah. And, and jam on it. Absolutely. Love it. Okay, we probably should be taking a break. Let's All ready. Um, I'm going to open up the second half with a fun, um, a fun mm. package reveal. Uh, I just got something really fun in the mail. Um, oh boy. And uh, the teaser before the break is that it is one of the sponsors men- mentioned in the commercials. So we'll see which one. After the break, we'll be right back with Patrick from Intellectual Erection. Hi everyone, I want to tell you a little bit about our sponsors for this episode. Our first sponsor is Oasis Aqua Lounge, a sex club located right here in Toronto at 231 Mutual Street. It is a body positive environment and they are shame and judgment free when it comes to pleasure and play. They're an inclusive and diverse venue welcoming of all sexual orientations and gender identities. It's also a community hub for all sex positive folks, educators, entertainments, and businesses. So thank you so much to Oasis Aqua Lounge for sponsoring this episode. Our second sponsor is Come As You Are. Come As You Are is an amazing sex shop that is founded here in Toronto and it is located at comeasyouare.com. Come As You Are is a trans-owned, trans-operated, feminist, anti-capitalist sex shop that wants to give you the best products at the lowest price possible. And they're going to prove that to you by offering a 15% discount when you check out at comeasyouare.com using the coupon code BEDPOST. That's B-E-D-P-O-S-T when you visit comeasyouare.com. 
And our third sponsor for this episode is Unicorn Collaborators. Unicorn Collaborators is a business that has been running here in Toronto for about five years by two queer unicorns. They mostly make leather goods and they make everything from collars to cuffs to thigh harnesses to boot harnesses to the regular pelvis strap-on harnesses that you've come to know and love. Unicorn Collaborators is a body positive brand, which means that they make products for all body types. And if they don't have something in your size, they're happy to make a custom piece just for you. Give them an email at unicorncollaborators at gmail.com, follow them on social media, or DM them for inquiries. This week's sponsor is Lovecrafters Toys, a non-gendered fantasy sex toy line that offers products like strap-on compatible tentacle dildos, dragon egg Benoit balls, and squid butt plugs. These geeky and playful products are body safe and handmade using platinum grade silicone. And if you want to purchase these whimsical sex toys, check out the Lovecrafters Etsy shop or head on down to our full-time sponsor's website, comeasyouare.com. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Bed Boast Podcast. If you're just tuning in now, um, just fast-forwarding right to the middle of a podcast for no reason, I have Patrick <laughs> from Intellectual Erection with us. Mm. Um, and uh, hi, Patrick. Hi. How's your tea? It's Earl. making me intellectually erect. Earl, Earl Grey hot? Um, Earl Grey hot. Earl Grey hot. Uh I thought we'd start this episode with you um, doing a reveal uh, with this lovely new package. Um, right. So so by all means... Make it so. Make it so. Shut up, Wesley. <laughs> Shut up, Wesley. All right. <laughs> so there's, it's, a, uh, it's, a, it's a cube. Yeah, it's a cube. It's a cube. cardboard cube from yeah. Lovecrafters Toys. Yes. In Vaughn. I didn't know they're in Vaughn. Yeah. I should stop by there. Mm-hmm. Go oh, say hi. hi. It's I a know. private residence, so don't, but... Oh. <laughs> That's even more tempting, actually. <laughs> All right, let's see what's in here. What do we got? Okay, so there's some uh, black. Uh, what's this stuff oh, called? Yeah, paper, like, it's, uh, like paper. a tissue. Yeah. Yeah, black yeah. tissue paper. Oh yeah. What's in there? Okay. Ooh, there's some green. I see. Mm-hmm. There's. Oh my god, it's not just one thing. It's like a multitude oh, of. Ooh. Oh okay, god. so the first thing I see here. This is like Christmas morning. Uh, happy Hanukkah, everyone. Uh, it's a squid not an octopus it's a squid yeah. butt plug i assume yes it's squishy and if this sticks out of your bum the tentacles spread out yeah they like uh, splay out they splay out they would splay out of your bum and your bum would look like it's got a squid stuck into it <laughs> which which is very which is very japanese <laughs> so let's put that let's down there, put that Ooh. there. and it's nice it's nicely wrapped yeah, in this, it's got like, a little see-through, yeah, satin baggy. Like drawstring mm-hmm. baggy. Yeah, nice purple. Nice purple uh, cephalopod uh, or, or uh, squid. Yeah, squid. There. Okay. okay. Is there more in there? Yeah, there's like a neon green thing I'm pulling out. Oh it also feels like a butt plug and oh it's heavy. God. Oh my god! <gasps> Ooh, yes, I've seen this one. <laughs> this is just the tentacle, a green tentacle with n- even more neon green, lighter neon green suction cups. Yeah. And it's a butt plug. Uh, and it's got a base. It yeah, looks that can be a awesome. dildo. Yeah, that can be. Yeah, it's got a base, so you can put it in your butt. You can. It's strap-on compatible. Ooh, oh my, my, my! my 
This looks great. I've seen this online. Oh, yeah, this is their, um, this is Shay from Lovecrafters Toys. This is Shay's, um, I think, most popular design. I can imagine. This one gets around. Yeah. Right? I think oh, it's beautiful. I'm not even into tentacle porn. Nope. But uh, because it's so popular, I'm into it. You can get into because it. Because of its popularity. Like, I would want the tentacle thing because it's the thing to have. Yeah. Right? Oh. I don't understand tentacle porn, but... No? Oh, God. I mean, I can conceive it. Mm-hmm. I don't understand it from uh, an internal perspective, mm-hmm. what would be turning on about that. But I guess the squirminess, the, the movement, the suction I mean, cups. they're phallic. Like, yeah, when you think phallic. of, like, like, for me, my thing would be, like, the Sailor Moon... Yeah. Hentai where, you but know. But why tentacles? Why not like a horse's leg or something? <laughs> Just... See that? I get. See that? Or, that I would understand. <laughs> or like, or like the, the horns of a, of a, it's of true. a bull. It's true. Yeah. Why that over anything else? Anything I... else that's phallic in nature. Well, I guess because yeah. the tentacle is, um, the, the texture of it, right? Uh, and the feeling of it and its movement, right? It can't really do as much damage inside a person. Whereas a horse's leg. That could kick the shit out of you. Right. <laughs> literally. Quite, quite literally. Oh my god. Oh, oh my gosh, there's, there's more. more in there. There's more. Oh my god. There's more. Oh my. Oh, a green uh, a green oh. uh, squid. Oh, so god. same same squid, but this one's green. Oh my god. What a cutie. Oh my god. These are great sto- uh stucking <laughs> stucking <laughs> stuffers. St- stocking stuffers. Yep. Yeah. Stocking stuffers. English not so good. I imagine stuffing a few things. Is there another thing in there? Yeah. Oh my god, Shay is so jealous. Oh, another tentacle and, and it's purple. Tentacle. This one's so wonderful. Oh my god. So you got two squid bums and two uh tentacles. Tentacles. Oh my wow. god. This is so generous. What what these are going to warrant, uh Sir Patrick Stewart is um I'm doing a uh, sex toy review uh, YouTube series with a comedian. So it's Mm -hmm. myself and someone from the Toronto comedy community reviewing the same toy. How are you reviewing it? We're both taking one. As we can see, we've got... Uh um, It's not going to be an explicit, unfortunately, explicit... uh, Uh uh (laughs) So you're going to have your moment, come back, Mm -hmm. come back again. And, and possibly a third time, and then uh, discuss, you discuss know, our experience. experiences with our with our new fun toys. And the focus is going to be independent mm. toy makers like Lovecrafters here. Um, and um, the focus is hopefully like to do fun, you know, interesting toys that aren't kind of yeah. generic run of the mill sex yeah, toys. Yeah. So you know, the idea is that we're having a new experience here. These are great. Um, so these are these oh, are fantastic. Perfect. Are you a toy person? I are am. You, do you play? With I toys? am a toy person. I have a. I have my own little box of toys. Yeah. Uh, I had, like I said, I was in Japan last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, lucky me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I spent some time in Tokyo, and it was fantastic. By the way, um, their porn there is just on another level. There's, there's, how so? How so? I mean, there's stores dedicated to porn that are about five stories uh, tall, and it's like having uh, seduction, but stacked on top of itself five times. Wow. Um, so just massive. There's like entire floors dedicated to specific things. Uh, unfortunately, there is a dark side of it because child pornography was only uh, banned, I think, in 2014. Wow. Like really fucking late in Japan. And it's, it's weirdly embedded in their culture. So a lot of older men are, um, are into that. And it's strange because it's, um, pedophilia is one thing. It's when you can't help it. 
for which I have uh, a level of compassion coming from a psychology background. I understand that these people are suffering and they don't want to be sexually attracted to underage to minors. Uh, Right, uh, but that is their their sexual object. That is where their sexuality uh, leans. And for a lot of those people, the only help is abstinence, chemical castration, heavy therapy. But they're not going to have a very fulfilling sex life. However, in Japan, I don't think that there's that many pedophiles. I think it's just culturally acceptable. Yeah, it's, cul- it's yeah. As yeah, I mean, I don't know a lot um, about it. I know mm-hmm. you know from an outsider's. Uh, view looking in um you know it's all about the schoolgirl. you know yep it's all about this um you know even all their all their mainstream media is all about this very youthful right face they have uh, um, lolita fashion shows yeah, lolita yes yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. so yeah. Uh, after the the child pornography got banned they still have suggestive child uh live action videos where there's like a, a girl in like a, a skimpy bathing suit cleaning a house or something and she's clearly underage wow. uh like wow. nine ten eleven years old Whoa. so i just like picking up these items and looking at them was a little bit disturbing for wow. me uh they have child size sex dolls fully functional sex dolls with all the orifices available for penetration uh and the 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 sex dolls range from about what looks like a seven-year-old, six, seven-year-old, to this is blowing my mind like right a now. Teen. I did not realize this. Yeah. I knew it was kind of. I knew there was kind of a culture around just this yeah. kind of youthful, femi, mm-hmm. Lolita look. Um, yeah. Just kind of in their social culture, I did not yeah. realize how deep this goes. So the the hentai is not banned. So okay. child hentai is still available, and if it's if it's drawn out, you could still then draw fine, yeah. children in sexually explicit uh, scenarios. Scenarios, wow. which, uh, like I said, from from our perspective here, it's disturbing, and it's disturbing for very justified psychological reasons. Um, uh, on another angle, we can look at all of human history, which has been typically very exploitative of, of children, especially women, uh, young women, right? Uh, from the ages of 12, 13, there's still places in the world that you can get married and yep. be expected to have sex Babies. and bury children uh, bear children at about 12 to 13. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So... Yeah, I read a... Yeah, I... Yeah. Um, or, pardon me, I watched a documentary um, on... What was it called? Uh, it was about... The his, oh are all men pedophiles? Mm-hmm. I feel like it was called, and it talked about yeah a very rich, vibrant, um, long history of that, of pedophilia yeah. of of yeah young yeah. young brides young 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 this, mothers. And again, young. this is where I want to make that distinction Ooh. between a, a a genuine pedophile, which is a person that right. suffers yeah. from from an inability to have sexual gratification with an adult. Yeah. inability yeah. versus people who find it uh i don't know as one of their fetishes let's say yeah like as a in girl fetish yeah as or... in uh you know you could and might have sex with somebody underage but you don't need to and you can get sexual gratification from an adult in which case you can play on that fetish with an adult mm-hmm. Hence, so DDLG, yeah, yeah, DDLG. So uh, consenting between two adults, yeah, but yeah. playing, yeah, yeah, in the role play, yeah. uh, one of the people might be yeah. a minor. 
and I don't want to get too deep into this because there's so much to talk about. I heard. Oh about yeah, whole, this is a huge thing. Yeah, I heard a whole podcast and, where yeah. uh, this guy had uh, a tumor on his brain, and it just it forced him to uh, well forced him it put him in in the position of uh, of searching more and more taboo porn until the point that he had child pornography on his computer, and the feds showed up in the states at his door and arrested him, mm-hmm. and when he went to court. He said, well, here's my neurologist. And he said, you know, this this tumor is actually responsible for it because it, it makes him engage in risky behaviors and like those taboos. And he started doing like riskier and riskier things. And the judge's uh, sentence was based on this logic. He's like, well, you went to work for eight hours a day. And uh, he's like, yes. And he goes, well, then you clearly had some moments of impulse control. And he's like, I did. And then there were times when I didn't. He's like, well, in the times that you did, it was your responsibility to do something about it. And you didn't. Interesting. So he should have turned himself in, sought help, done whatever possible to not go down that route because he did have some impulse control. So he did get sentenced to several years in prison. Wow. Fascinating, right? It's very, I'm yeah. sure there's yeah. a lot to talk about it. Mm to talk about yeah Yeah. sorry don't mean to take up all this time no no it's very the darkness the dark side of things i'm not afraid to go dark trust me Mm -hmm. um have you do you have experience with like ddlg or age play or anything like that is that a thing that you good segue into we we want to talk about polyamory yeah right so yes are there some littles i in the group i um Okay, so I recently gave a talk at Oasis uh, about DDLG, and I spent the entire talk, uh, almost the entire talk, talking about consent and responsibility on the side of the dom. Because a lot of people like to talk about DDLG and, oh, it's so fun, and it's, oh, it can be great, and the things that you can experience, fine. But I've also met a lot of uh, dissatisfied littles because the doms in that position carry a huge weight of responsibility, and some of them are not prepared for it. Mm-hmm. So I talked a lot about that because I'd been in a relationship uh, and it was the relationship that got me into the poly community because we opened up and we started playing with others. We we went to Oasis, we met wonderful humans and played with a lot of people um, and that open relationship didn't go poly because the partner I was with didn't want that. I did and there was a breaking point for me where I just knew that my life couldn't be satisfied in a monogamous relationship along with compounding interest of other things in the mm. relationship so it was one it wasn't just one trigger but anyhow yeah so in that relationship uh it was an inadvertent ddlg mm-hmm. uh and i say this because not only did my former partner uh, she was about 10 years younger than I am. Mm-hmm. So she was already younger. Already actually younger. Yeah, actually younger, had daddy issues, uh, was very dependent on me. Uh, Not very to say possessive. All, all littles are, yeah. are that way. Not all littles are that way, but there is a tendency towards uh, a little bit of daddy issues, a little bit of dependency, uh, uh, and a lot of care. They they need a lot of care and attention. Mm-hmm. So all the, all these things were manifest in the relationship, and I was daddy. I had the title, and I didn't ask for it. I didn't say it myself. Uh, in fact, did you even I, know really what that meant? Well, what I knew what it meant, meant, but I didn't know what it meant with the with the uh, DDLG community, because yeah. the DDLG community, I think, is a little bit uh, weary, maybe upset, maybe they feel like they have to explain this over and over. Yeah. Is that daddy 
even though it's become a huge thing and everybody's saying it haphazardly, Zaddy. Zaddy. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it means something else for them. It means that caring, responsible relationship, and it's not just something that turns off and on. For some of them, it's constant lifestyle yeah, yeah life. so it's like you yeah, are daddy you daddy. are daddy 24 7 yes. yeah. and i'm the little and i'm gonna be bratty and i'm gonna have needs and this doesn't turn off this yeah, is me. not just innocent yeah it's... so it's them yes. for a lot it's of their identity yeah. Yes. yeah so for a lot of ddlg i hesitate to say for all ddlg but i think for the majority it's uh it's a permanent situation it's it's not role play that's what i've heard from the community and they want to reinforce that it's not role play. It's not just something you do once in the bedroom and have fun with it. Though people can, I think. Yeah, sure. Right? Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. But it might not be, um, you know, the same thing. Yeah. So, essentially, I was in a DDLG dynamic. relationship dynamic because it had all the... All the um, check, checklist. check checkpoints. <laughs> yeah. So I was daddy. I was responsible. I had to be there for my uh, my partner emotionally. I had to be there for her um, in all sorts of ways, and she demanded a lot more attention than any other partner before. But there was also um, reasons for that, and my partner had uh, borderline personality disorder symptomology, right? which includes a strong possessiveness, uh, fear of abandonment, black and white thinking, intrusive thoughts, uh, jealousy, and these sorts of things. And all those things were there. So me knowing that and having my psychology background, I, uh, I employed a level of patience and compassion that took me to a limit I didn't think I had or pushed me beyond the limits that, that I thought I had. And it was actually really good for me. I think. Uh, was it for her? It was for a long time, but we didn't make progress. We didn't make that kind of progress that, um, I mean, we did and we didn't. She said we did uh, because we hadn't had episodes in a long time. Things got better. Uh, she got she had less uh, triggering situations, and when she would get triggered, she would just shut down completely no communication nothing and it was awful for me because i really really can't stand the silent treatment i need to have ongoing constant communication make sure everything's okay so i would just be there for her i would try to hold her i try to talk to her and eventually it would be a lot of fucking work that's what it was it was a lot of work and we would get through episodes and sometimes i i would lose my patience and but it stressed it and it tested it and i think it brought it to a level that i'm i'm really grateful for and for her, um, I mean, mental illness is beyond nuance. Yeah, um, I'm not I'm, beyond, yeah. Stu- beyond being yeah. on a case by case basis. So. I'm not there to be her savior and I can't be right. So, yeah. And I don't mean to tell her story. I mean, yeah. want you to tell your story, mm-hmm. but yeah. Oh, mental illness, uh, having a partner with, with mental illness. Um, and I'm sure a lot of us have you know, have loved ones, mm-hmm. um, battling with mental illness personally in my personal life right now, we have someone very, very close to us. Um, so it's not easy. It's not easy. It's yeah. never easy for anyone involved. Yeah. Um, not to mitigate, you know, that person's personal struggle. So the only thing I can say but, is from my side of things, yeah. uh, things did get better. And, uh, from what she explained to me, things did get better and she felt better. But I also have some evidence that, a little bit to the contrary namely that uh i thought that in the absence of her dependency on me she would fare better and feel better 
And when I decided to break up with her, I, I said this. Obviously, she didn't want to hear it. She didn't believe it. And she went through a lot, of, <laughs> a lot of suffering. And so did I. But once it subsided, after about a month, she was okay. And I met with her. And she said, my life is amazing. It's like I can see colors now. It's everything's brighter. Everything feels better. Food tastes better. And it was it was a weird feeling for me because I anticipated that, but it also broke my heart a little, mm -hmm. right? Because having somebody love you that much is nearly impossible, right? To find in a person that doesn't have um, symptoms of BPD mm -hmm. because they idolize you. They depend on you. They possess every bit of you and see no wrong in 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 you that's a lot of pressure that's a it lot is, that's it heavy. is a lot that's, of pressure it is and that kind of love is very ego stroking and then when it's gone it's just devastating um so for me for i parties, yeah, yeah I, yes. I suffered i think a lot longer after that relationship just because um i didn't have that switch that went from on to off and it seemed like for her that was the case it's like once the suffering ended switch off and then now i'm myself i'm better i'm better without you is kind of the message and it just it felt a little bit betraying it's like everything that happened before seemed inauthentic so i'm like i guess i didn't know you and now you're you and but that's i not was true, obviously but in the moment yeah well, it's still, it still kind of feels in. that way. Yeah, it still kind of feels that way because I'm like, I think, you know, if all, the, if all your symptoms are revolving around me as your object of affection, then removing me from that equation would mean that you don't have these symptoms. And I told her that in many ways, and she didn't want to believe it because fear of abandonment. And then once it was done, they were gone, the symptoms. Now, I don't know. I can't speak for what happens for her now whether or not her future relationships are going to be better, whether she finds somebody that suits her better or whatnot. Or what actually yeah. happened in her yeah. head, in her feelings, yeah. in her, you know. So I, you know, I hope, I hope for the best. I, I still love this person. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm grateful for the relationship that we had. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's been my best, one of my best relationships, despite all the, all the struggle, right? All the adversity. Have you been in other like DDLG dynamics since no. then? Are you? And that was that was are the part that I said it? at Oasis. This is why I said that level of responsibility. I've had it. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't really ask for it, but I had it. I dealt with it. It was rewarding, but it's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. And recently, I've been. Um, uh, I I was talking to somebody who also initiated a similar sort of DDLG relationship wanted to have that uh called me daddy and also has bpd so i just saw the same thing happening again and i kind of had to say no to that mm -hmm. I, I so much of me wanted to say yes it's so seductive but i know where it can go and mm -hmm. you know i just don't feel i'm at this point ready for that level of responsibility. I don't want to answer somebody 24-7. I don't want to be somebody's, um, you know, daddy mm -hmm. with that much responsibility. Mm -hmm. I'm what, I, I'm solo poly now, and yeah. that's what I enjoy. Yeah. I want to have my liberties. I want to enjoy them because uh, polyamory for me has been absolutely liberating. I've been married. I've been in... Uh, um, 
what's it called? Serial monogam. I've been a serial, serial monogamist. Monogamy. Yeah. And I've had, uh, uh, as I said with a with another guest of mine, uh, monogamist performativity my whole life. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, a lot of us have. Yeah, yeah, we perform monogamy because exactly. that's what we're supposed to do. Exactly. So. so stepping out of that, it's been wonderfully liberating, and I've had poly relationships since that uh, a DDLG relationship with multiple partners. Uh, you know, fairly. Uh, intense emotionally but casual and sexually uh, just absolutely yeah bonkers (laughs) the primal the 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 love the exhaustion the frustrations it's it was wonderful I think I I had a a poly relationship of about two months and it had the intensity of a two-year relationship just wild emotional yeah just it it was condensed we were we were fucking and fighting and it was great and this person challenged me like nobody else. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's what it is. It's primal. It's like we're hunting each other. We're fighting for dominance uh, in, in our relationship, in our emotions, in our fucking, in, 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 even in our, um, uh, our de- I, sorry, ideologies. She's a very strong woman, single mother, and she just let me have it when I needed to have it had. Nice. And yeah. And I, I really respect her for that. I think that she challenged me in ways that no other uh, partner has. Very strong. And I need that sometimes. Yeah. yeah. So, Polly has been great yeah. so far. And you're where you are right now. Single Polly is where it's Solo Polly for me for now. This is working out for I think you. I really like the idea of relationship anarchy. Mm-hmm. Just because so right not now. not a hierarchy. Yeah. Uh, just madness just a bit of madness toss it in there let's see what happens let's get wild and don't restrict my freedom I'll give you everything but my freedom that's my line Yeah, that's what I say and I think that's a fantastic place to end we're about at time Patrick okay oh god it's been so amazing and enlightening and lovely thank you today you've been awesome thank you so much for coming in coming into the bedroom uh, Absolutely. Know, bed posts. The actual bedposts or not? Absence of bedposts. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, we'll have you on intellectual erection. I would love that. Where uh, tell the people where they can find your podcast? So you can go on iTunes, like everybody else. Intellectual erection. Uh, it's also on Insta. Intellectual underscore erection. It's in any podcast app. Uh, the original uh, posting is on SoundCloud, so you can find it on SoundCloud. Uh, at soundcloud do- soundcloud.com slash intellectual dash erection uh, it's about 14 episodes in I just launched one today um, lots of wonderful poly kinky weirdos mm-hmm. and after the new year I think things are going to get a little darker but we'll be talking about some of the heavy shit amazing I love mm-hmm. that and I love that we hit on a bit of it today so mm-hmm. that's, that's, yeah. if you like what you heard today um, by all means Subscribe, follow on Instagram to uh, uh, Patrick's podcast, Intellectual Erection. Absolutely fantastic. Um, as far as bedpost goes, uh, in the new year, as I said, I'm dropping the second show. So we are going to be just at the social capital the third Friday of every month at eight. Um, we've got every third Friday of the month for all of 2019 booked already. So we are good to go with fantastic performers for everyone. Um, also, as I mentioned before, follow me on Instagram. <laughs> Used to be the bedpost sex show. Now it is the bedpost show. 
I know, so sad to not have the word sex in there, but we got to do it uh, to, uh, you know, appeal to the patriarchy. Um, <laughs> the white, old, male uh, people that run Instagram and the bots that uh, find and delete profiles and you can't talk to a human ever. Uh, so follow me at the Bedpost Show at Instagram, please. Um, if you want to Instagram me, uh, if you want to Instagram me, if you want to email me um, to, you know, talk about an episode or to pitch an idea, um, you can do so at the bedpost sex show at gmail.com. If you're listening to us on uh, a podcasting app, a rating and reviewing goes a super long way um, for me and my business. And uh, if you uh, are finding us via the Sonar Network website, uh, please listen to all the other fantastic episodes um, of guests and uh, all the other podcasts on my podcasting network, the Sonar Network. Um, And then lastly, I want to give a huge thank you to Steph Copeland, who does all the original music for my podcast. Uh, You can find her stephcopelandmusic.com and lastly lastly i'm gonna give a huge thank you to you patrick thank you for having me oh thank you this has been a wonderful experience it's very lovely and i can't wait um for for future stuff yes everyone check out intellectual erection um and thank you everyone who's listening at home we will see you next week Uh, bye This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. So